1: We've got the boats, and screw the rest of you.
0: And Dr. Kavita Patel.
2: These might be some of the smaller moments, you know, with all the bombshells. Didn't catch people's eyes. Hello and welcome to Words Matter from the DSR Network. Each week, Norm Ornstein and I will talk about the issues facing our country. As we head Norm, it feels like it's impossible, but the election is, as we're recording this, still many, many months away, but I do feel like we're in the thick of it with what people are saying. And, and Norm, I hope, I know that you've been very busy, um, not just on Twitter and social media, but... This is kind of a prime time normally, not in, you know, in a normal election cycle for great ideas to come forward, people to talk about really important issues, but leave it to the state of Alabama norm to, to take our listeners today into a direction of what I will say is some, something of a new low, even though I had a sense something like this was coming. And, and I, I, I'll, I'll just offer, and for anybody who is not aware that, uh, an an Alabama, court. High Court decided not because of a suit brought on behalf of a reproductive rights organization or or an anti-choice organization, but actually a very complex issue with basically a wrongful death suit because of an accidental destruction of an embryo in an Alabama um, fertility center, That led to a judge declaring very, very clearly that embryos are children, that embryos are, uh, that uh, taking the life of an embryo or taking or disposing or having something happen to an embryo is essentially like taking the life of a child. I'm paraphrasing because I'm tired and I'm paraphrasing, but Norm, I'm gonna stop talking and ask you how you, you know, when you heard this, what you were thinking. And then let's get into what has happened as a consequence of that, both actions and words, since our podcast is called Words Matter. Hello, Norm.
1: So, I I mean, this was frightening on so many levels and disturbing on so many levels, Kavita. This was a decision written by the Chief Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court, who makes Roy Moore, remember Roy Moore, who uh, was the Chief Justice and was a batshit crazy religious fundamentalist. Well, the guy who's there now wrote this decision based on the Bible, which uh, doesn't exactly speak well of the chief justice of the Alabama Supreme Court knowing something about the Constitution and the First Amendment. But it basically not just established that life begins at conception, but took it to the next level. So now what we have in Alabama, and it's not just about Alabama. I mean, Alabama is a hellscape no matter what. Uh, The only saving grace in Alabama is Joyce Vance. Uh, That's right. (laughs) uh, uh, But uh, it's, it's clearly something that is a harbinger for other states to follow. And obviously what it means is, and these are pro-life people who are defining a frozen embryo, which is basically a collection of a small number of cells, uh, and people who want children will freeze large numbers of these with the hope that one or two might actually result in the good news that they're waiting for. And then what happens to the rest of them? And what happens now, if you define an embryo as a person, what happens if somebody in a fertility clinic accidentally leaves the electricity off and embryos are destroyed? Uh, Is that manslaughter? Uh, uh, You know, we're going to end up in a, a territory where by failing to even take this to a level of specificity, which is the same thing we're seeing, of course, with uh, the abortion rulings in so many states, that they're left vague enough that doctors don't know whether they'd be criminally liable if they treat a woman who's bleeding to death. Um, We have the same situation. And the tragedy for people in Alabama now, and of course, just as with abortion, it's the poor women who can't send their embryos out of state, um, and even if they can, we may see a new law in Alabama that will make that illegal, but we're going to see this taken to a level that makes, uh, the handmaid's tale look like, uh, the garden of Eden.
2: Let me, let me kind of double down on that and I'll be a little bit technical. So, um, at this time, interestingly enough, if you try to look for a database to ask how many frozen embryos are there in the state of Alabama, there is no such, kind of national database but what we do know is that two percent of live births in the united states as of 2021 that's our most recent data are from ivf or some sort of assisted reproductive technology we also know this is something that i don't think people realize like everybody who goes into this process by the way i was one of them everybody going into these processes wants a live baby there's like zero question zero zero question it that's what your desired outcome is. So if you are well, anybody who wants to have a child and you want to just take one baby home, you can't control like how many embryos, how many eggs. In fact, you hope for more because as you know, like statistically it, there's problems as you get older with genetics and just, you know, chances of miscarriage and, and, and you try to do everything possible to, minimize those risks. So, so I, so there are 2% of live births, and then there are estimated hundreds of thousands of embryos that are frozen. And, you know, some proportion will go on to be live births. Some proportion will be dedicated to research because that's a potential option for people and some will be destroyed. And there is zero consequence to the decision to do any of those three things, by the way, is not one that anybody takes lightly. And I think what's troubling is that now not only is there are literally women women right now because as a result of this decision, the University of Alabama at Birmingham, one of the largest reproductive endocrinology centers and fertility kind of clinics basically said they're going to have to pause on like their embryo kind of um, freezing embryos and kind of, what normally would be the state of the art today is to actually do egg retrievals and to actually then create an embryo and freeze the embryos because that's considered to be the best chance at a successful IVF cycle. So, if that is no longer an option, can you imagine, Norm, if you're one of like, it's probably hundreds of women right now in Alabama who have already injected themselves with weeks of medications, hopeful that this is their chance for all the reasons they save money try to get their insurance to cover it. This is not cheap. And this is what's landed on their doorstep all because some guy has decided that the separation of church and state doesn't apply. I mean, this is like, I, I, I can't describe enough the like constant daily assault on women. Like it's not, it's like, I don't even know what the phrase is for it, but it's 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 so depressing Norm. I look at my son and I look at my daughter and I look at my son and I think, please, you know, please turn into like one of these like men that has this empathy and compassion and raised, raising him that way. I look at my daughter and I'm like, I'm just so sorry. I couldn't make it better because this is where we're at. Anyhow, I would love, I would love to have like some, I would love for you to tell me, because you usually do this and you kind of sometimes depress me. I would love to let you tell our listeners. Like what we should be doing. We're ta- I actually hope this gets people out and drives people to like realize that Donald Trump is not our friend. Nikki Haley also thinks embryos are children. She's not our friend for those Democrats who you know who I'm talking about, Norm, who wanted to cross over into Nikki Haley territory thinking, oh, maybe, maybe her politics is such that we can tolerate it. I want you to walk through what we should be doing February 2024 and how we should be thinking about reacting as a country.
1: So, uh, one thing I'll say about Nikki Haley is uh, you know, she's staying in this race. She is continuing to criticize harshly Donald Trump. She said she's in it to the end, but that doesn't mean much of anything. And looking at her endgame, what I'm now worried about is she might be the lifeline no labels is looking for, and she might decide that that's her best option. And if any journalist continues to refer to her as a moderate this issue, the fact that she has taken this outrageously extreme position after having already backtracked on her uh, talk about moderation on abortion, um, then those journalists ought to be barred from uh, work in the profession. So there's that. But uh, one thing that ought to be done, and that should be done by President Biden. President Biden should travel to Alabama And meet with a collection of women and families. It's not just the women who are affected here, after all. It's everybody in the family. It's men, husbands, who want a child as well and who know that this is the only option that they have. Meet with them and highlight the issue because, you know, the biggest problem we have, Kavita, with all of this stuff is it it's a one day story and then it gets brushed over. And most people in America don't know about it. They're not spending their lives watching these things as we do. They're working, they're dealing with other stuff in their lives. They don't understand the dangers that Donald Trump uh, creates for our country, but they also don't understand what this means for them and for their children and for their daughters. uh, And, We need to highlight it, and that's what the president should be doing, and he should be taking it to the next level and talking about how this is not just about some lunatic religious fanatic judge or set of justices in the Alabama Supreme Court. It's uh, a template that's going to be adopted much further. And for the rest of us, what we have to look at if we're thinking about the future is what happens if Republicans... Win the Senate, hold the House, Trump wins the presidency. You know what they're going to try to do? They're going to try to do a nationwide ban uh, on embryos,
2: on frozen embryos. They're going to try and make this national. Why not? Why what? What is to stop Ken Paxton? Are you kidding me? What, what am I? Am I dumb? Am I missing something? Like what is to stop? all of the characters and just to clarify 11 states already again i think you're right not everybody has the ability and luxury like we do to spend the time on this but i think that's why we have this podcast to try to get to get the noise kind of separated from like what people need to draw away 11 states currently do define personhood at fertilizations, and that's been on the books that's not like this came about overnight so it is no stretch of the imagination right to, to 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 think about you know where where do embryos fit in that if you've defined personhood at fertilization so so it's it's a very you're 100% right and i i, I feel like you and i are going to be disappointed about not seeing that reaction from joe biden
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i i have i wanted biden to go down to texas yeah we we've uh, talked about it here. and i know so far we haven't seen that Uh, But the other thing that's important to recognize here is that Trump and the people who are going to populate uh, the next Trump administration, if God forbid there is one, have not been coy about their aims. And we know, among other things, that the Heritage Foundation, which is a joke, it's not. It's simply a, a right-wing radical political organization that may be used to have some pretense of being a think tank. They have a Project 2025 working hand-in-glove with Trump's closest advisors. And they've made clear, and they've said it explicitly, what they want. The next war is going to be against contraception, And premarital sex, they want to overturn Obergefell. They want to actually go to the next stage and make gay sex a criminal act, uh, not just gay marriage. They want to take away every bit of reproductive freedom from women. And then we have to talk about the other element to this, which I would hope the president would address when he's in Alabama, and it's the same thing we're seeing in Texas and some of these other states. Why would you want to be an OBGYN practicing medicine in Alabama, knowing, among other things, that you might end up criminally liable for something, but also knowing that you can't fulfill your Hippocratic oath? And it's not just uh, abortions or IVF. It is every part of women's health the things that are needed on a day-to-day or week-to-week or month-to-month basis. It's about protecting against cancer. Uh, it's uh, about all kinds of, uh, of issues that are there that are specific to women's health. And it's going to be a horrible blow to uh, all of that. And, of course, the other thing that just irks the hell out of me is that uh, Prenatal and natal care in Alabama are abysmal. So, what you've got is a bunch of monsters who call themselves pro life, who define life as beginning at conception, who don't give a shit about babies, about the fetuses themselves, about making sure that they can grow up healthy and to be productive adults. It's just
2: uh, uh, mind-blowingly evil. It's it's not, so, and I will uh, I always uh, enjoy when Norm gets to, to rant. So I, I don't want to interrupt the rant, but I will say that uh, it's even worse than that because the training, not just doctors who don't want to practice there and therefore you don't have a lot of common symptoms recognized. You have this brain drain, literally, of OBGYNs because who would want to do that? But if you think about it, like there's, there's just so much, it's it's not just MDs, it's nurse midwives, it's there's there's an entire team that has to come together for women's health care. And then when you think about it, it's also you said cancer, so much of the work that we do, like around like, you know, kind of recognition of early detection, breast cancer, et cetera, comes from women who in their time of childbearing have their main doctor, their primary care physician tends to be their OPGYN. So This is like compounding in a way that I don't even know if I can try to kind of stitch together. And it's just an incredibly depressing thought that we are now, this is, this is, this is where we are and that other States now I've talked to for a little bit of a bright spot, if there can be one, I've talked to um, a friend who is a reproductive endocrinologist in Mississippi. So I've talked to people who do fertility in the South and in like New York city and San Francisco they somehow feel very, very confident, Norm, I don't know why, that this will not you know that this will be overturned, this won't be upheld, et cetera. And I said, why, why would you say that? And they said, because we have it on like fact of matter that many of these justices and like these lawyers, their families have embryos that are frozen. And like they like they're they're the very people who have been kind of lobbying this, like, you know, bomb after bomb actually have like the same thing at stake, which I thought was an interesting and kind of a probably a very real perspective. So it, it's it's somewhat of a silver lining that there's some optimism and and it is also a silver lining that many of the surrounding states, I don't know if you've seen it, but that there are many states that have basically said like, bring your embryos here. Like you, you come here and we'll figure out like how to take care of everything uh, no matter where you are in the cycle. So people are trying to step up, but to your point, not, not fast enough. And with the news cycle, not long enough. And so uh, tell me, Norm, then just just set the scene a little bit. We've heard now about Trump floating kind of this idea of a 16-week cutoff for abortion. Um, wh- and uh, you, were, you were probably one of the writers. Were you or you were one of the um, consultants on, were you on for the season of Veep where the character there, Julia Louis Dreyfus, has the abortion conversation of of when, like life, the cutoff. Uh, and and maybe for laughs, you can kind of give us a little like backdrop into what was um, underneath that, but I can't help but think of Trump kind of with like his, you know, cabin of fools kind of going through what Julia was doing, but he's doing it seriously. And, and she was like looking at a walnut and a watermelon and and some of that. But if you don't mind, maybe for people who aren't as close to Veep as I was, tell, tell, tell listeners what um, you made a comedy out of, and it's coming true.
1: Well and of course you know that's the history of veep that it is a, a satirical show and with satire you take a reality and move it to an absolutely absurdist conclusion and we have reached a point where the absurdity is the reality and that's you know that the whole idea there was to take this notion that at the time was much more a fringy sort of thing um you know with people who were ultra religious or religious fanatics, and make fun of it. And now they are moving in a very different direction. We ought to note here as well, Kavita, a couple of other points. One, the Pope, which surprised me, basically came out against in vitro fertilization. And that's what would lead me to think that the optimism of your friends may be misguided. Because we have justices like Amy Coney Barrett, who are deeply, deeply fundamentalist Catholics. The same is true of uh, Alito and probably a majority, of, and Roberts, a majority of those justices. Whether they'll go that far remains to be seen. But the other part of this is, all right, you have a bunch of frozen embryos, and then you die. Okay? Now, it costs a lot of money to keep those embryos frozen what is a clinic supposed to do? Is it, uh, uh, are they going to be forced to pay to keep those embryos frozen in perpetuity? Probably, yeah.
2: Uh,
1: You know, (laughs) there are just so many uh, uh, offshoots and variations of this that are nightmares. That is, and you know, or even let's say that you are, you froze eight embryos you had a couple of kids uh, and made it work. It worked great, you're done now. And you tell the clinic, I'm not paying for this anymore. What are they to do? I mean, you know, this is gonna get us into territory where a whole lot of people are affected in different ways. And, you know, if the uh, clinic has to declare bankruptcy or go out of business because they can't afford uh, it anymore, Does the state then take custody and keep the embryos alive? I mean, you know, I don't think, I think you have a Supreme Court in Alabama that didn't even begin to understand the implications uh, of their insane decision.
2: Yeah, it's, I actually have like thought about like many of these scenarios, some of which you've raised, some of which I feel I, I, I'm scared to even kind of put words to it because i don't want like any of it to become a reality but that's where we're at it's it's not just it's it's not just like margaret atwood you know kind of in reality and handmaid's tale it's again like i said i apologize to like my daughter like i don't i don't know what i did wrong that we that we went backwards like i really don't and so so tell me again let's do a silver lining and then we'll just for people who are listening uh we're going to um, have a very exciting kind of topic around the um, secret informant in, in the latest kind of set of, of Trump, I'll call it, uh, all, all, well, all sorts of inquiries and intrigue, which Norm reminded me about. And I'll be honest, I'd been so distracted by Alabama, I forgot about it. We'll do that in our members only section. But let's tie this to the election. You and I have talked about that February is a long road from November. However, this combined with Trump's announcement, combined with Nikki Haley, that could be enough to get uh, like the momentum as we have seen in other states, enough people angry, enough money and enough like voter turnout to make a difference in November. What, what are your thoughts, Norm?
1: I uh, sure hope that that's the case. I, I do think um, we have never seen a threat to every element of our way of life, like the one that Donald Trump poses, concentration camps and forced deportation of millions of immigrants. The concentration camps used, no doubt, to jail political enemies, uh, using on day one the Insurrection Act to call out army, the army and to nationalize uh, all Uh, National Guards, federalize, and use them to put down rioters or to enforce laws that uh, should not apply to states that don't want them. Uh, We may be moving from what is now the kind of uh, dream of the Confederacy of having states that can do what they want to a Trump administration that would say every state's going to have to do it that way, whether you like it or not. And then we have all these issues that we've been talking about. Basically, uh, eliminating contraception, uh, making any kind of premarital sex illegal. Of course, it won't affect them. Um, And uh, taking away gay marriage, uh, moving even further on the abortion front. The 16 week ban, which Trump has tried to put out as the more moderate position, is a. basically leaves every state open if they want to to eliminate it entirely. It's nothing uh, it's not a uh, uh, it, you know it's a ceiling, it's not a floor. Uh, so what has to happen is the American voters have to become aware of the consequences here. And that to me is more important than Biden framing his own record, a very impressive record. Uh, that people have to understand that the choice is a clear one, and it really is between normalcy, which after all has plenty of headaches and difficulties in governing and other issues that emerge, and uh, something that would be the worst hellscape that we could ever imagine. And that includes making people understand that a vote for anybody else uh, for a Cornell West or a Jill Stein or a no labels or a Robert Kennedy Jr is a vote for that hellscape.
2: Yeah. That's that is I think a very important point to underscore because um I'm I'm very troubled by like the uh, very troubled by like the RFK kind of all, all of these things are just yeah. uh in my mind to your point threats to Threats to democracy, and I'm going to steal your words—kind of an invitation to a hellscape. So I'm, I'm using the precise language. Uh, Well, I want to thank our listeners, and this is 100% not the only time we're going to talk about it because we're going to try to see if we can hold people accountable. I know Biden went on the record and said that it was outrageous and unacceptable. But I think you know you've heard it here. You've heard it here first with Norm and myself endorsing the idea of him basically setting up shop. I would, I wouldn't even have a problem if he went to Birmingham, Alabama and said, I'm setting up, I'm setting up an oval office right here. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm going to be here until we figure out like how these women who had their procedures paused. And anyway, I I'm, I'm actually all for the like, just like shock and awe of like, take the mic and get people to cover it 24 seven. And I think he could do it. He's the president. So You've heard it here. We we're putting out the challenge. We're hoping somebody will listen and take us up on it. And if not the president, then certainly an Ernstwhile senator or a House member or somebody who is really wanting to like make sure that they are a household name for a while. We, that would be exactly what I would do. And you will have a treasure trove of, of physicians, nurses, techs, a ton of people behind you, because that's what it takes to get healthcare done. So, I want to thank our listeners. I want to also acknowledge and thank our incredible team behind Words Matter. Our executive producer of the DSR network is Chris Cutmore and our producer for the show is Riley Fessler. We hope that if you like this episode, you not only rate it, add it to your favorite podcast player, social media pages, share but you also become a member of the DSR network. It is one of the most important, one of the most important memberships that has not necessarily had to go through dramatic price increases, some price increase, but not the dramatic price increases we've seen in everything else. And so it's been Bidenomics all along for the DSR network, become a member. And we hope to see you when the next episode of Words Matter will be in your podcast feed in or around February 29th. See you then.